Strategic Hot Box with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Discussing leadership, business, and how to take control of your life and achieve greatness. It's time to kick some ass. Hey, it's your girl, Dr. Brandy Stankovic, and we are winding down to episode number five here of Dissecting Diversity. I am your host here on the Strategic Hot Box and the Chief Strategy Officer at CU Solutions Group. Our journey is nearing the end. It has been real. It's been uncomfortable, enlightening, and giving us, me, you, the ability to increase our cultural competency. Our final episode discusses judgment and assumption through stereotypes. Now, this is more than just unconscious bias. It's the incorrect assumption of people. And remember, stereotypes are widely recognized by the population. And we cannot break stereotypes unless we work together. When faced with change, we naturally go through grief as we let go of things that no longer serve us and serve our purpose. So I encourage you to please revisit this conversation often to remind yourself of these lessons. Challenge yourself. Get uncomfortable all over again. And it's important to know that when you're ready and you're willing to truly grow, we will be here and we will continue on this journey together and I will be by your side. What's a model minority? Asian people being smart. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's been my experience though. But it's not an okay stereotype because not all Asian people are smart. And it's it's a hard stereotype to live up to uh, if you are not that person. I, as a same I gender couple? I don't couple, think that's happened. As a same gender couple, is this together? How many oh. straight couples get, is this together? Oh, yeah. Wow. You don't get that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's together. Yeah. So I can't tell you how many times that happens. Mm -hmm. Oh, on separate tabs. Yeah. Are you two sisters? That's the other. You know, the first thing, you know, and that happens in interviews. The first two minutes of an interview, an in-person interview with anybody, is basically you've already decided on them. The other 58 minutes is you finding the evidence to support your bias. Fear of becoming what I want to be because of the obstacles that might be there. You and I had this conversation. Fear of fear of the notes that I'll give in the process. Um, but I can honestly say, going back, if we're going back to that question, there won't be any fear. I'm going back fearless. I think it's easy to procrastinate. Uh, what needs to happen next because of fear of your audiences because who knows what if they say no or what if they what if they say yes then what do I do conversation around stereotypes. Everybody's going to grab a marker and you're going to write on a post-it some stereotypes and then as we do that we're going to post them. Where should we post them? Right behind Linda's head. We'll pa pass them to Linda and you stick them up on the wall behind you. How do, if we review some of those stereotypes that are up there, how do we, uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> we lost that one. We just jumped. We lost that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
stupid other one said, how do we feel about some of these? Are there some that other people wrote that you have been accused of also? Must be athletic because I was a t oh tall black okay. Yeah. Uh, You're not a basketball player. Yeah. I am. <laughs> Someone literally told me that. Wow. Cool. You could you cannot be surprised again. But I was like, You're one of two in seventy five years. The black card though. <laughs> literally the black card here. Wow. In our DE group, um, someone at our table. So you, you spend the week getting to know each other, and then we, once you know. So the one one middle-aged white man was very brave when he said, he goes, when you came, I didn't like you. I thought that you were an angry black woman. Uh -oh. I said, what do you think now? He goes, you're an um, outlier? I said, oh. I said, well, guess what? I'm still an angry black woman. <laughs> and that's where my head hit the floor. It was like, oh, boy. <laughs> but... Because I am. I'm angry that I get categorized that because I'm passionate about black people dying at the hands of police officers. And do I think police officers are good? I absolutely do. Absolutely. But my heart still clutches when I'm pulled over. The last time I was pulled over was less than three months ago. Thank God I was on the phone with Marie Smith. I said, Marie, somebody have to get off the phone now. There are two officers following me. Two. Now, the lady got out, and there was something wrong with the light on, in the back of my car. But it took two of you guys to do that? To pull me over? Really? Two of you? With the sirens? Well, they didn't have the sirens, but the lights? Really? Wow. So thank God there was an auto zone right down the street, and I would have got the new light, but I'm just saying. When we read these that are up there and think back to our beginning conversation around fun facts, these are wrong, but yet all of the stereotypes that we created earlier of who is who and why are okay. What's a model minority? Asian people being smart. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's been my experience, though. But it's not an okay stereotype because not all Asian people are smart. And it's it's a hard stereotype to live up to uh, if you are not that person. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that's hard. Yeah. That would be hard. I like the, I don't like it, but I appreciate the post that talks about being manly or feminine. Um, because that that hits home for me but it's also one that I see in play a lot is almost accepted what do you mean? unpack that for me like a woman should be so feminine or someone that identifies as queer should pick a side or someone that gender is norming. a man yeah, it's like a gender depending on where you're from so if I say think pink, is that bad? Because I will, t I will tell women to think pink. What do you mean by that? I mean to be softer. Because because sometimes you need to be softer to get your point across. You don't have to yell at the top of your lungs. Would you say that to a man? I would say something different to a man. I would tell him. I have to be careful what I say. There are things that I tell men to do 
to to be more respectful of women and to be able to coach and guide them better. So, but there there are things that, and I say that I say this to white people. If you wouldn't if you wouldn't say, "Oh, you're so articulate," to your white uh, employee, then don't say it to your black employee. It's a it's a difficult line to toe. I know when my kids were younger, uh, I had we had a nanny that I I love the color black. She, she guys well aware. And one of my uh, there was some pink shirt or something that she wanted my to have one of my sons wear. And I'm like, eh, I don't I'm too good like color pink. And so she's like, well, you know, if he wears a pink shirt, it's not going to make him gay. Why would you even think that? All <laughs> right. How long, how I long, just don't like the color pink. How long did she say your nanny? No, not very long. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me throw something out there, kind of in this same vein. Um, so I recently purchased a car, and I made an observation, which for some reason I hadn't never thought about, which was I had never seen a female vehicle salesperson. Mm. And Ooh. people hate buying cars. And I posted, I posted a question on Facebook, like, why are there not more women that are car salespeople? Because, and even car salesman, I mean, that's what most people say. So why is that? And then I, people started commenting, and I asked a follow-up question. Would you be more likely to purchase a car from a woman uh, car, uh, salesperson? And it was fascinating to get the reactions to that, because if you think about it, I, I'm going all on stereotypes. I mean, I personally, if I follow my heart of hearts, I would personally trust a woman more in a negotiation for a car than a man because I hate car sales men and I do think women would be more honest uh, in the negotiation process and more transparent. It is, it is a stereotype. <laughs> all I think is note to self, negotiate with Right, right. <laughs> it, it, but it is a stereotype. But at the same time, I mean, I, I just, I like dealing with women better. I mean, I don't know how to how to say it in another word, but I, I personally do. Like, so... You're the reverse of, of Brandon. Was she the, was <laughs> she the definition yeah. of a salesperson, though? Did she still do all of the hard sell things? No, that... no, no. There's not, there's not what he's, he's right. saying. Uh, Why well, aren't there? Aren't there? Right. But you said you bought a car from a woman. No, no, no. no. Oh, you did it. Got it. Got it. Sorry. In my mind, right. theoretically, I believe I would prefer to buy a car from right. a woman. I've never had. Right. So in education, we, we do a lot these days on gender norming and trying not to do it because yeah. there are a lot of kids today who are gender fluid right um and so we really try to stay away from the gender norming and the stereotypes by gender um you know the hardest people to get to move the needle on that are the teachers and depending on the age of the teachers and mm -hmm. where their own personal biases lie and how they grew up um but it's it's where education's at so all part of this deij things that we're doing. I love that D-E-I-J. That's sticking. Which, I if you that. rearrange the letters, it's Jedi. There is oh, there, there a school. There is a school that uses <laughs> Jedi as there. I'm pretty sure Deja's One of my three, and I am a Star <laughs> Trek, Star Wars nerd. Come on! You are my favorite human being in the oh, world Oh, it gets better than that. Okay. In my Zoom shot, in the background, is a Starship Enterprise. <laughs> Well, oh, we'll, you'll go we'll away. cut that <laughs> out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
that in the thought of gender norming, in the thought of stereotyping, what if the stereotype is a good thing? Like I see, you're you must be a good dancer, or you must some other. But what if you're not a good dancer? She just says she's not. They just says she's not a good dancer. Well, I don't look like one either. What if you're not an athlete and they assume that you are? Right. Well, not only that, but. I'll say this, there is someone that I admire very much in credit unions, and she happens to be Latina, and she happens to be a good dancer, and, and but I see this all the time, when people see her, they're like, oh, here comes the great dancer, here comes yeah. the life of the party, and it bothers me, and they're not talking about me, they're talking about someone else, but it's like, she's a leader, you know, she's a, a credit union CEO, like, why are you talking about... A hobby of this, hers. a hobby of hers. Not, you, not would you say is. that about someone else that was not Latina? Do you know what I mean? Yes. Mm. Yeah, it becomes the forefront, and it, it happens so often. It happens so blindly. Like Lynn and I and Zach actually had dinner recently, and we went on a conversation around drinks that we assign gender to drinks. And both Lynn and I like to drink beer, and Zach loves the fruitiest cocktails he can find on the menu. He likes the sweet, the sweet, you know, flavor. And so he orders a drink, and we order a drink, and guess who got what? He got beer. Yeah, he got beer. And I, at one point, I had a drink in front of me, and he got the second drink, and the waiter came over and still put it right in front of me, because naturally, it would be me that would order the fruit. So we do it all the time, good, bad, or otherwise. It's almost like our our way as human beings, maybe Cindy you can speak to this, of creating buckets of understanding or something. You feel that same way when they bring the chick? And they give it to the male, the male. or something? That, you know? I do. As a same I gender couple? I don't couple, think that's happened. As a same gender couple? Is this together? How many straight couples get, is this together? Wow. You don't get that. Wow. Yeah, it's together. Yeah. So I can't tell you how many times that happens. Are you guys on separate tabs? Yeah, are you two sisters? That's the other. (laughs) So much of the way we behave and our stereotypes and all of that is, has been ingrained in us by the way we were brought up. Yeah. You know, intentionally or unintentionally, the things that our parents have done, the things that our parents have said, whether it was you know, meant to be heard or not, because we know that kids hear things they shouldn't be hearing anyways, um, form all of these thoughts and ideas in our brains. And that's why we see young kids today with certain ideals and attitudes that still are not right. But as educators, we still are always going to push the envelope to re-educate them. Yeah. And I think that's our, one of our challenges, all of us that are here, when we leave here, is to challenge any assumption like that, good or bad, right? I put up there about a good upbringing that I have, I will periodically hear, oh, well, you must have just had it all when you were younger. You just must come from such a good home. And then I'm having to defend, <laughs> no, it didn't, or, or something, like you're defending some sort of hardship that you've had in the past, but then by me personally defending a hardship, I'm now creating vulnerabilities in my family and things that work around. And why should I have to defend that? Or should I just accept it? Or like it's so it's a it's a it's a um, elementary example or a surface level example in order to talk about the bigger piece of it of why do we cause people to defend 
I'm from America. I'm from the United States. I'm from Arkansas. Child's from Arkansas. It, any of those pieces causing people to have to defend themselves or, or take it or adjust their own behavior isn't fair of us. And so we are assuming that because of certain things that certain people are hikers or beauticians, that's wrong of us. I think you've made that abundantly clear for all of us today. <laughs> or is it? No, it's, I, I think we have a, I think more of a, we're less inclined to want to admit that we're wrong now than I think at any other time in human history. Say it again, I think we are more resistant to admitting that we're wrong than we have than, than people have been, I think, in, in any time in human history. Really? I and, and I know that's a grand sweeping statement. I have zero evidence to say it, so I'm just going to say it even bolder and louder. Because, <laughs> of course. Um, but it's one thing to be wrong. It's one thing, because I, 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 can, I can make all these assumptions, but how, I think the step, the next step that needs to be made is saying, oh crap, I put two and two together and I got pink. Educate me. Where was I wrong? And having the grace and humility to be able to say, I was wrong, and I'm sorry for the other person to say, I give you the grace to say, hey, we are going to compartmentalize the world, and I'm going to do it too, so I'm going to screw, I'm going to screw up with that, you're going to screw up with that. Now, there are limits to that, obviously. Sure. If I were sitting here in this group and I say, oh, you must be you know, a b-boy, or you know, whatever else, and you go, no, I'm actually a classic trained guitarist. Crap, I'm sorry. It's cool. I mean, so educate me. I think that give and take is, is certainly acceptable. But we don't want to do that because mm -hmm. I'm a good judge of people. How many times have you guys heard that one? Oh, I just I can just read people like the book, you know. The first you know, and that happens in interviews. The first two minutes of an interview, an in-person interview with anybody, is basically you've already decided on them. The other 58 minutes is you finding the evidence to support your bias. So how willing are we to be able to say, "Holy crap, I was wrong"? How humble are we willing to be? And I'll put myself in that bucket and say, that is a hard climb to make. And in 15 years from now, someone's going to find it on Twitter and be persecuted for it. Absolutely. Regardless mm -hmm. of your growth. I think During the break, I said, I know for a fact that if someone sees this, I will lose at least one speaking engagement because of this session right now. I know. It wasn't worth it. I know, and, and, and I know that. It and, was and, 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 worth it. No, well, I'm talking about the engagement. He's never losing. So that's why I leave. And when they cancel, you call. Come on. You can't. Because you can't have a second job. But I can create one for you. And that's and so. But that though that calculus for me is means little because. Yeah, it's it's. We can all talk about this, but again, I, again, I'm thinking about the voice of the viewer. That's all great, but I got a mortgage. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's great to be it's great to be principled until I calculate my credit score until you put in a credit application. Okay, so I'm just they, these yeah. are just the things. Well, that and I think, I think that, that everybody here made the choice to come here and have a voice. Oh no, and this and this for me, I could lose my entire speaking career for being in this room, and there would still be no place I'd rather want to be. Wow. And with all of you folks right now having a conversation that in 15 years I will be proud The only because the only three people I care about seeing this are my wife and my two daughters. And my two daughters, when you talked earlier about who do I admire most in this space, that DEI, I admire my two daughters. Because they have intentionally cultivated friendships with 
black, with people of color, with gays, with Latinos. They have intentionally diversified their friend group because they did not want to be just the kids that grew up white, straight, and sheltered. Wow. And they have done that. I, they didn't, I don't know, I don't know where they got it from. You don't? I, 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 I was, I'm, I'm glad that whatever spark that they have, that they have. Because they are the two best things I will ever do in my life. And their legacy will, will go far beyond me. So I hope they see this in 15 years. I hope they see this in 15 minutes. Because they are the two best things I will ever do. To build on what you just said, one of the recap or the summary questions I have for all of us is, how do we take this now to the next generation? And that could be in our organizations. It could be with our kids. It could be in our... You know, community. What? How now? Do is next generation? How do we focus forward? So since I'm white butter, I'm on a roll right now. I'm just going to continue. Um, <laughs> um, I know, I know, right? It's the bad jokes. Um, all change is grief. All change is the grieving process. Every single change that we will make, whether in terms of attitudes or structures or how we do business, then we go through grief. We deny, we get pissed, we bargain, we, and then we finally accept it. And also there's a sixth stage of grief, which is meaning. What was the meaning of all of it? We have to give ourselves as an industry, as professionals, as people, the willingness to mourn what we thought we had. We have to give all of us, all the, all of us the space to, to mourn that which needs to die. Because that's the only way that things that can grow can happen. And we have to let people mourn that me thinking, hey, I thought up until three years ago, I thought America was the greatest country on earth. It still is. I. I it, well, and, and let, let me let me finish the thought. I'm I mourn that I mourn the America that I thought that I grew up in. Yeah. I weep for the country that I thought that we were. I am excited about the country we could be, but that country cannot start unless I'm willing to bring it into my own home. Yeah. That's, that's, Building, that's, that, that, that's just the water talk right now. I'm just going to say on that. The, <laughs> on the thought that you just said, I would love to go around and hear from you on a part of you that needs to die in order for all of this to move forward. And one of the parts of me... Is some relationships that What does that mean? There, could, there are different relationships that I have that don't support my growth. Toxic relationships. That don't support my community. That don't support my future, my country. It could be old friends. It could be people that I've just allowed to, to still squawk. Or it could be intimate ones. That's something in me that I need to be ready to let die. What about you? Fear. Fear, is that what you said? Fear. Fear of becoming what I want to be because of the obstacles that might be there. And you and I had this conversation. Fear of fear of the no that I'll give in the process. Um but I can honestly say, going back, if we're going back to that question, 
I won't be in fear. I'm going back fearless. And, you know, whatever, whatever that means, whatever response it gets, and I'm not talking about giving myself a couple of months to, no, I mean, when I, go, when I say go back, I'm talking about Monday because it's going to be asked. Tell me about Vegas. And I'm going to ask, are you sure? <laughs> and if that's a yes, I'm going to give it to them how I know and how I receive it. I'm going to give it back just like that. And that is going to be without fear. Take it back off. Oh, I'm sorry. The, something in you, the, the uh, procrastination. I think, I think it's easy to procrastinate uh, what needs to happen next because of fear of your audiences because who knows what if they say no or what if they what if they say yes then what do I do you know now I gotta have an action plan there you go. or what if they just don't care so yeah. what do you guys think I have let go uh, as much as possible taking things personally because what I realized was I was taking criticism and all of that personally when really if you listen to people it's all about their fears mm -hmm. and nothing to do with you so if you can stop taking it personally long enough to listen to them and say like now this is the solution everything goes way better everything goes way better Uh, giving up trying to do everything and spreading myself far too thin to do the one or two things that are most important and would make the most impact. So that's always been a struggle of mine is doing all of the things. So, and I've given them up and then they come back. So uh, I'd say that's a constant struggle of what to give up to be more focused. I think I would, I need to give up being so right. Like, when I think it, I don't think I'm God, but I think I'm God's messenger sometimes. <laughs> and so I think, um, I will never, ever, ever now not have an image of a woman who lost 200 pounds. <laughs> And just wanted to be, feel attractive. I will, I will, that will never go away. I will, I will always come back to that now, right? And so, I think if we can give the world, right now y'all got me crying. My makeup is too cute for me to cry. <laughs> um, if we can give images, like Andy said, if we can, if we can give people images, they can they can move the needle and they can make a difference. Brandy, I need to offer you the love bubble. You don't have to get rid of everybody. Um, you may have to create a love bubble so that there's an agreement that we love each other, we just don't agree about stuff. You're my family, you're my friend, whatever that is, we're gonna be in this love bubble. And in this love bubble, we trust each other, we respect each other, we, and, and we want each other to succeed. But our 
our visions don't align, our way of being doesn't align, but I still love you. So you don't have to throw everybody away. There may be some toxic relationships that need to go, but not everybody. So, so the love both. So I think it's easy when you see the work that has to be done for, for all, some of us to get frustrated at the lack of inaction. And that's what I'm going to let die because I am so hopeful when I sit here with such great leaders and great, great just trailblazers in our industry from all paths of life, all ethnicities coming together to talk about solutions and to talk about our perspectives that that's what we need to focus on. It's like, how do we move forward? How can we come together to collaborate with each other, to, to lift each other up and really create a movement that is truly inclusive and that thrives into the future? Uh, let go of fear. It's, it's easy for me to, um, I work for myself, so, you know, I, I don't have another, I mean, I just, I'm perpetually unemployed, and I'm always looking for the next job, and um, I've been, it's easy for, to, to let that fear drive, to let that fear of speaking out um, govern what I say, to kind of curtail and edit who I am and, and, and who I who I ally myself with. I'm ten feet high bulletproof and I'm around you guys. Thank you. I want to say to you that if you lose any contracts, mm -hmm. conversely, you'll probably get ten for each That's one you lose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Friend and those will be the right people mm -hmm. who want what you have to offer. And that's and that's and that goes back to that woman thing. Um, uh, the one thing I'm not is jealous of anybody else because I'm the bomb. Amen to that. All day long. Put that. Put that. But but we we have to want others to be successful too. Right. And so if we if we focus on what's good, what's working, instead of well that didn't work right and they they gave him 22 years but we know he's gonna get off in five but they did something. There's so many other other places that they didn't do anything. So if we can if we can make the glass half full and know that there's still more coming, then that's that's what we need to be. As an American Indian, whenever I think about diversity, I always fall back on that exact term, American Indian or Native American. Uh, it's used to describe the indigenous peoples of America. However, what a lot of people don't realize is that underneath that one moniker, American Indian, there are thousands of different nations and cultures and communities uh, that are so unique and diverse that they don't even seem like they belong in the same world, let alone the same uh, nation or the same term to describe them, right? And so in my journey in looking into diversity and inclusion, I started to realize that I was doing the exact same thing when I looked at other cultures and communities. And I think it just means that all of us need to do a better job of educating ourselves 
and exploring the world to understand these different cultures and communities because each of them can bring something amazing and great. And if you don't learn about it, if you don't take the time to investigate it, then you're never gonna be able to share in that experience of something that's amazing and unique to that one people group or even single person. It's your top three, this is it, final episode. Here are your top three kick ass. Number one, of course, it's to learn. Find someone in your organization or your life that you feel safe with, someone that's unique to you, that's different, diverse. Schedule some time to sit down, ask questions, learn, share, be open, share what makes you nervous about the conversation. Ask as many questions as you can. Dedicate time to celebrate a moment of intentional time to diversity. Intentional time to celebrate this uniqueness. Number two, love. We learn and then we love. Create, wear, acquire anything you can do to have a visual cue of support and love to support a diverse group. Wear a, a, a flag, use your pronouns on your Zoom name, have something that represents Black Lives Matter, AACUC, the Latino Chamber. Say it without saying it. When you have a visual cue, it's showing your love for a diverse group. And finally, number three, kick some ass. I'm asking you today to kick ass by doing what we did in the episode, and that's letting a piece of you go. Letting a piece of you die today. I shared in the episode, during the episode, that there are some relationships in my life that I may need to let go. And I'm asking you to think about what part of you in your life do you need to let go in order to truly grow, in order to truly make a difference. It's time. Now get out there and kick some ass. Learn, love, kick ass.